Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. On June 26, 2013, the definition of marriage supposedly changed. This was a huge day in American history. And it was the day that basically the Defense of Marriage Act was struck down. The Defense of Marriage Act was written and approved in 1996. And this law defined marriage as being between a man and a woman. Now, it's interesting enough that humans have decided to define <laughs> what marriage is, but at least they got the definition right with the Defense of Marriage Act. But on June 26, 2013, this act was discarded. Now, June 26 also happens to be the very same day that I got married, so it does have a lot of meaning to me as well. But what happens to a country when you basically decide to redefine marriage and family? Do we humans have the authority to do this? Now, the, the shift in society's thinking on marriage and family has taken place very, very quickly. Back in the 1980s, basically, the vast majority of Americans believed that marriage was between a man and a woman. They believed that homosexuality was wrong and shameful. They believed that children would do best with a father and a mother in the home. Is the truth different today than it was back in the 1980s? Why do so many people today support homosexuality, transgenderism, all kinds of immorality? Genesis chapter 2 takes us back to the very first man and woman. And God explains to us how we should interact with each other. Genesis 2 shows how God created the woman from the man. Adam was asleep. God took one of his ribs. And from that rib, he created Eve. Notice Adam's euphoric reaction to this. Genesis 2 verse 23. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Adam saw Eve as part of himself, an extension of himself. And he loved her. 
Verse 24, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. So basically this shows us the origin of marriage. It did not exist before human beings. Angels do not marry. Gods do not marry. Animals do not marry. Humans marry. And the institution of marriage began with the first man and the first woman. A man is supposed to leave his parents and start a family with his wife at the right time. That is the ideal scenario for every man. There are obviously instances where marriage doesn't happen or maybe it's not possible, but every man would benefit from a wife. And so God says, you are allowed to leave your father and mother and cleave unto your wife. So if we all just looked at the Bible, the very beginning of the Bible, these hot button societal issues would become a lot more clear. God made man and woman. And God said a man should marry a woman. That is the real definition of marriage coming straight from the Bible, coming straight from God. Regardless of what any human being says, God defines marriage. God created, he invented marriage. Therefore, humans have no authority to redefine it. It is God's institution. It comes from above, and therefore, only God can tell us what marriage actually is. This is an article from PCG.church. What does God think of the LGBTQ movement? It says, as Christians, we should only be concerned with what God says. You see, in the 1980s, there was a particular view on homosexuality. In the 1990s, that view very quickly changed in America. And today it's to the point where it is shoved in your face all the time, and not just homosexuality, but transgenderism. Men believing they are trapped in female bodies, women believing they are trapped in male bodies. God said he created man and woman, male and female. He did not create humans to feel trapped in the wrong body. He did not create humans to be attracted to the same sex. We can look at Genesis chapter 2, and it makes it very plain. God made man and woman, and he told the man to cleave to a wife. It's really very simple when we just look at the law of God and obey what he tells us to do. 
So where do these other ideas come from? This wrong attraction between males or females, same-sex attraction. Where does that come from? Where does sex, sex confusion come from? Thinking you're a boy when you're a girl or vice versa. God certainly did not make humans that way. Genesis 2 shows us this. There are a lot of really important verses in the Bible that we need to understand when it comes to really just the sex act itself, the marriage union. And really remember, it, it only matters what God says. The Apostle Paul condemned homosexuality in Romans chapter 1, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Now, obviously, people will have counter arguments to that. They will say that just because Paul had a certain preference doesn't mean that we all have to live that way. But what did Jesus Christ say in Matthew 4, verse 4? He said we should live by every word of God. That means every word in the Bible, from back to front, from front to back, was divinely inspired. And the fact that Paul's words, his view on homosexuality is included in the Bible means it is extremely relevant for us today. It applies to us today. Matthew 19, Jesus Christ himself quoted Genesis 2. Notice this, Matthew 19, verses 4 and 5. Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they twain shall be one flesh. Christ reinforces Genesis chapter two. Two sexes and a man should marry a wife. That is the definition of marriage as Jesus Christ confirms. Exodus 20 verse 14 shows us the high value that God places on marriage. The seventh commandment says, thou shalt not commit adultery. God wants to protect marriage, this sacred union between a man and a woman. And so, so he says, do not commit adultery. Do not cheat on your spouse. There are a lot of other laws in the Bible that explain really the meaning of this seventh commandment, the entire true fulfillment of the seventh commandment. The, the tenth commandment even magnifies the seventh commandment. The 10th commandment tells us not to covet, and it says you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. 
So even lustful thinking about someone who is not your spouse is breaking the seventh commandment. Lustful thinking is a form of adultery as well. Premarital sex is condemned in Exodus 22 verses 16 and 17. Rape, incest, bestiality. Those are all specifically condemned in the Bible. And in fact, God advocates stronger punishments for these sins than we do. In society today, people want, like to be so tolerant and they basically support all kinds of evil. God forcefully deals with any type of perversion. God is very clear about this and he warns us, make sure you keep yourself pure. The sex act is only for marriage between a loving husband and wife. Sex should not be engaged in, in any other circumstance. But again, if anyone would even dare bring up God's view today, he, he's really going to get himself in a lot of trouble. There was a hockey player this year who refused to wear the pride jersey. And one of the commentators said, if he doesn't like it, he can get out of our country. Now, I thought that was called racist <laughs> to say someone should assimilate or get out. If you say that about illegal immigrants, for example, well, that makes you a racist. But apparently you're allowed to say it about a Russian hockey player. You can tell him to get out if he doesn't assimilate. And it's no problem at all. In fact, no form of punishment is, is too severe for someone who does not support the pride agenda. This is such a radical movement. And they are out and out trying to indoctrinate children now. All kinds of books, all kinds of parties to try to show children that sexual perversion is the best way. And God hates all of it. We have a really incredible booklet available to you for free at thetrumpet.com titled Redefining Family. And basically all of chapter one is just a fact sheet showing how fast our views on this subject really changed this subject of marriage and family so fast. Like I mentioned before, it's happened basically overnight and it's all part of the activists plan in 1987. They wrote that a large scale media campaign will be required in order to change the image of homosexuals in America. And that's another great point. If you had never heard any arguments for 
or against homosexuality or transgenderism. If you lived in a total bubble with no outside influences, would you agree with homosexuality? Would you agree with transgenderism? Would you think those things are natural and right? Now, obviously, we do not live in a propaganda-free society. We are influenced by a lot of messages out there. And the message of the media, the message of popular culture, is that homosexuals are happy. They are contributing members of society. They are more hygienic <laughs> than the rest of us. They're always portrayed as being so neat and clean and, and considerate of other people. They are the starring characters in so many TV shows and movies now. Just flaunting perversion. But what is... Is that really the, the true perception of those people? This article, What Does God Think of the LGBTQ Movement, shows why God warns against sexual perversion. It says here, what happens if a person breaks these laws? They deprive themselves of the blessings God wants to give them, and tragedy often ensues. The National Survey on LGBTQ Youth Mental Health says 39% of LGBTQ youth have seriously considered suicide in the past year. People want to blame an intolerant society, but society is growing quite tolerant, even encouraging, and the numbers aren't changing. You see, even as society evolves, even as we become more progressive in our beliefs about homosexuality and transgenderism, these people are still just as miserable. The suicide attempt rate is so much higher in these types of people because they're breaking God's laws that lead to happiness. They're going the wrong way and they're making themselves miserable. This propaganda campaign from 1987 mentioned in our free booklet, Redefining Family, says that, that they should de-emphasize the fact that people choose to be homosexual. You see, it is a fact that people choose to be homosexual. The propagandists know this. And yet today you hear that people are just born that way. They're born with a certain preference. That's just not true. The propagandists have pushed this message for decades and now pretty much everyone believes it is true. Now, as with any sin, people can become addicted. Homosexuals can become addicted 
But the first moment they turned that way was a choice. And maybe now they feel overpowered by that choice. Maybe now they feel stuck as being homosexual. But the first part of it, the initial moment that they became homosexual was a choice. They'll probably deny that, but it's still true. God did not create men to like men and women to like women. We have to realize God is our creator and God tells us exactly how he made us and what he made us to do. So this is really quite a controversial subject. I didn't want to get too deep into it because even even this booklet, Redefining Family, you have to order. You cannot read it online. You have to get your own copy of it physically. Uh, But I just wanted to talk about it a little bit today since this is Pride Month. Every June, we are bombarded by this message. And it can be so easy to become casual about the subject and, and just start thinking like the world thinks about this subject. And the fact is, if we just were allowed to decide for ourselves what's right and what's wrong, of course, we'd probably go right along with the trend. And we'd say, what, what's wrong with what two adults do in private? Why can't they make their own choices? In that regard. But the fact is, God made us and God tells us how to use our minds and how to use our bodies. And he explains to us the healthy way to live, the happy way to live. And he warns against all of these dramatic side effects. People who are miserable and depressed, mentally ill, considering or attempting suicide. People who give in to sexual perversion are extremely unhappy. It doesn't matter what the propaganda campaign says. These people are choosing this lifestyle and then they're finding out that it's extremely unpleasant. They're finding out with all kinds of diseases like AIDS that it is unnatural. It goes against creation itself. Now, we still love these people. God loves all of those people who sin against him, who sin against their own bodies with this perversion. But he has to help each one of them change at some point. Before they can enter his family, they have to repent of that. Just like all of us have our own sins to repent of. That is just another sin that needs to be repented of. We can't accept it. We can't just go along with it. It's a satanic attack on family. A man leading his wife and his children. That's what the Bible proclaims from start to finish. That's the type of family that is a type of the God family. And anything else is a satanic counterfeit. So you need to get a a copy of Redefining Family and study that and answer these all-important questions. Why did God create male and female? 
What is a man? What is a woman? What is marriage? How should it work? What's the ideal environment for raising children? We all need to know, and we need to make sure our thinking lines up with God's thinking. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.